0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with Plastic Surgeon JJ Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specialising in breast and body contouring. Plastic Surgeon extraordinaire and I will be answering questions that have been asked of me, and I will also be answering any questions that anyone has if they want to ask me a question. They are more than welcome to do so. Um, so, I've just been out trying to unblock the drains, so uh, mud mud in them. I don't know why they don't invent the something, just stop all the leaves and the mud falling down, but uh, we are where we are. So, um, can't, tell you much about unblocking drains because i've been wholly unsuccessful and um trying to do it from the ground up probably need to get a man because i'll tell you what i tried to go up on the ladder and i cannot do that that is absolutely terrifying even going close to the top how those people put those christmas lights on their roofs i don't know i guess they get professional people to put them in surely not a normal member of the public can get christmas lights under the eaves of their house they can't get that high with a ladder i mean i've got a ladder that goes up sat Well, not quite that high, but three quarters up. Oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, um, so what we got? We have got a question here. Do we offer breast implants called Motiva Ergonomics? Answer to that question is yes, we do. I'm not really um, tied to any company or a manufacturer, so I can use any make as long as the hospitals can get them. And certainly Motiva, I know, is one that the hospital can get. Uh, so Motiva is the, is the company. Ergonomics is the sort of type. So Motiva are micro um, textured implants, so they're not as rough as the, the, um, uh, the original ones, which are a bit more rough. The roughness makes them less likely to go hard, but the roughness also increases the risk of capsular contracture, which is why the less rough implants are, um, are around. So that's as good and bad about them. Another thing is that the less roughness of it is, um, by the way, I'm assuming everyone's thing's working in terms of audio. Um, the left, less roughness of it means it's less adherent to the pocket, therefore you don't get teardrop shaped, uh, smooth or micro textured implants because they don't adhere. So a teardrop one would move about all over the place therefore Motiva make this ergonomic, so they make two types, they make, I think the other type, I think it's called round, the other type, I I, I think that's right, anyway, I might be wrong, but anyway, they basically make two types, and one is a bit less, uh, the gel is a bit less cohesive, so it's a bit more runny, so that when you're in an upright position, it, um, my arms are all wet because I've been doing the drains, and actually quite filthy, but anyway, there you go, Um, so when you are um in an upright position they go a bit more teardroppy in shape and that is the ergonomics one so the ergonomics implant is a round implant but it is not as round as an as a Motiva round implant um, because the gel is is a bit more sort of watery if you like so it t- t- takes a bit more of a, a, a teardrop position in the body some surgeons don't use teardrop implants at all they think that all implants do that to a degree and i think they probably do all do it to a degree but the more cohesive the gel, the firmer the gel, the, the 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 less it's going to do that. So if you want a fuller look in the upper part, you'd probably want a round one. If you want a more natural look with less fullness, then you'd want a teardrop or a less cohesive gel like this Motiva Ergonomics. But anyway, the answer to the question is yes, we do offer them because that's... Um, they're a sort of normal company that can be bought in the that uh, the, the, the um, hospitals can get. So as long as the hospitals can get it, um, I'm not tied to any particular make. Um, so can you offer tattoo excision for a tattoo located on my finger? Now, the overriding thing about tattoo excision is I would say I can take off a tattoo, of any part of the body. I say I, I don't want to make out as if it's just me. We plastic surgeons can take out a, a tattoo off any part of the body. Uh, but it depends on the size of the tattoo and the amount of laxity in the area of the body that it's in and the finger has not got much laxity at all so i'm not going to say no but i'm going to say probably not because in my experience most finger tattoos although they look small there is not enough skin to to cut them out and stitch them up and i wouldn't like to do a skin graft on the on the finger because if you get if the graft adheres to tendons and means you can't move your hands very well. It's just not a good thing. So I would do a I wouldn't do a skin graft. Uh, I would do a direct closure and there just isn't enough laxity on the finger as a rule. Never say never. Long, thin ones are better than round ones. So never say never. But um and also people say, look, I've got loads of laxity on my skin and then you've got to make a fist and all the laxity goes because it's sort of you've got to be a make a fist. So um fingers really bad place for tattoos basically. So Um, probably not but always happy to have a look so send us a email uh, send us a photo I'll have a look uh, and we'll we'll say look whether it's a whether it's a goer or not Um, oh this is a longer question so this one is I've lost five stone and I'm interested in having a tummy tuck with you next year once I've kept a stable weight for a good period of time I'm happy with for a good period of time i'm happy with i have done lots of research but you hear of people having drains afterwards and some not what are the pros and cons and what do you do so um done a blog post on this ages ago now so um but anyway pros and cons absolutely right way to frame that question you've got to be a bit careful about someone who tries to tell you that one is better than the other um so pros and cons of using drains well um the pros of using drains are that they are um, suction drains, so they continue, so they suck down the, the skin flaps. So when you do a tummy tuck, there's a space that goes up to your rib cage. You make a space up to your rib cage in order to bring, to loosen the skin and bring it down, um, particularly centrally. You make a sort of tunnel centrally, uh, and then you can repair the muscles there. But that space can fill up with blood or can fill up with fluid. Blood meaning a hematoma, fluid being a seroma. And that can be a nuisance. A hem- hematoma, you have to go back to theatre. A seroma is something that happens sort of days and weeks after the surgery, which is like watery fluid collecting in the space, and again that can be a nuisance. And by putting in drains, suction drains, it helps to those two. It helps those two um, uh, tissue planes to stick together. So, um, it, what do I do? I use drains because I think they're good at sticking that together. Now, having said that. There are ways you can get it to stick together without using drains. Um they used to a while ago they used to do quite a lot of the glue. They used to you can spray glue in the space and 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 hold it there for it to stick. I never particularly liked that cuz I always thought it might shear, you know, like if you glue a cup and you like suddenly knock it when the glue's not not firm. You, it's not going to stick back again, is it? So um that always worried me so i wasn't a big and also it's quite difficult to do the surgery when you're using glue because you have to sort of stitch it up while you're holding it holding the glue because you don't you know you've got to, so you've got to use you know we use locking sutures and stuff like that to, to hold it while you're stitching and it's a bit difficult so i i don't um i'd rather take my time at getting it all aligned and everything so Uh, And the other thing you can do to close down the space is use quilting stitches, and I do use quilting stitches. So instead of having one big space, you have lots of little spaces because you put lots of deep deep stitches to to close that space down. And so I know people are moving, are saying quilting stitches you can use and and not use drains. Now I use quilting stitches and drains, but um, there's no right or wrong. So that's the reason I use drains. So what are the cons of using drains? Well, the cons of using drains are, main con is that it is uncomfortable to have them removed patients don't like them to have it it removed it keeps you in hospital now i pretty much only keep my drains in overnight so it only keeps you in hospital one night and you might want to stay in hospital one night anyway for for an operation like a tummy tuck so i don't think that's a massive con the fact that it keeps you in hospital overnight but it is a bit of a con that it's uncomfortable um that that is a con as in as in a con as in a bad thing not a con like you know we're not conning you it's like a opposite of pro um and um the other thing is which i have had happen to me and one of the reasons i stopped using them and so i've stopped using a lot of breast surgery and um gynecomastia i had a case where i was doing gynecomastia and i put the drain in and the, the chap got a hematoma he got a hematoma from the place where i put the drain in the brain drains like this big spike and you have to put the spike through the skin and, and that had caught a blood vessel and it actually caught the drain and actually caused the hematoma i mean that's a sample size of one but um the, that is a, a bit of a con you know there is a potential when you put the drain in you can actually make a blood vessel and, and actually cause it to bleed but the main reason is the uh, is the uncomfortableness i think of, of having it removed um, so that, that's why I think, you know, people don't like them. And we are moving them away from them for a lot of plastic surgery. But uh, as I say, I do use them for tummy tucks, although I'm doing quilting and, you know, things might change. Kat, what you got? Kat's got a question. Uh, what's the cause of a late seroma? Say six months post-op. And what's classed as a large seroma, a small one, etc. Two-part question. Very good. Um, cause of a late seroma, usually it would be, something it might be that if you have a quilting stitch that quilting stitch might go it might be that you have some kind of non-specific illness some non-specific viral illness I'm thinking more about the breast here in terms of late seromas um, sometimes you can get a late seroma in a breast implant like um, I wouldn't say six I mean this is this can be years post-op so six months post-op not sure if that would be still a late seroma but um you know certainly years post-op you can get seromas very rare more common in in the breast because that is a foreign body which is sort of potentially irritating to the to the tissues um a seroma six months post-op with a tummy tuck i mean that's probably just a seroma i, I guess I, I don't know i mean unless it was like totally no sign of it because there's all sorts of swelling and stuff in the first few months and it might be that once the swelling goes down you think hold on what's going on here i've got a seroma i don't know um but yeah, could could be if you have got quilting stitches, maybe a little stitch has gone and made a bit of a space, or maybe you've got some kind of non-specific viral illness or something that's caused some inflammation in your body, which is which can cause it. Um, or maybe you've you know done the gym or something and pulled something. Having said that at six months, I would say you, you can do whatever you want in the gym, but maybe some activity or something might have made something go and caused a bit of space. Um, a large room and a small one. There's no real classification of that cat. Um, It's just what you want to call it. Um, Those are just words. There's nothing medical about what's large and what's small. It's like, what's the definition of a minor op? One that's not happening to you. It's all relative. Any op having to you is a major op, so any seroma for you is probably a large one, isn't it? But but there's no medical um, uh, distinction between a large and a small. Um, The quilting. Is that when they refer to loculated in pockets? Yeah. So the quilting is um, is exactly that. So you make it into pockets like a duvet. You know the duvet. So the, the all the all the um, stuffing of the duvet doesn't. You remember it used to all go to one. Go go to the end, and now they put like a bit like a Chesterfield sofa, like the buttons. So we put quilts to make um, smaller spaces. Um, so um, a bit, so quilting makes smaller spaces. Now loculated is more of a term that you would use for an established seroma so and it's, so slightly different thing. so quilting is a thing that you do at the time of the surgery you put these dissolvable sutures to to make smaller pockets so you're unlikely to get some big seroma ballooning up it, it'll be contained in smaller pockets alloculated is more what you describe a an established seroma so sometimes an established seroma can have um, septi can have um, sort of um, partitions so it's a big uh, area of fluid but there can be partitions within that fluid so when you put a needle in and drain it you it you might just get one of those pep, that, those spaces one of those locules that's a loculated seroma so it doesn't completely drain basically you you put your needle in and you drain it and there's still stuff there because it's got these partitions um, if that's a real problem you can do it under ultrasound guidance try and make sure you get all the loculations so loculated is what a partitioned up seroma is by partitions of the loculations of the seroma whereas quilting is partitioning the space so you don't get a seroma or at least you get smaller seromas that aren't so much of a problem abdominal seroma would it be late I wouldn't I wouldn't say six months would. I mean, it is a bit late, isn't it? Six months you do expect to be out of the woods. Depends on what you've been until now. I mean, if you have had no problems whatsoever and it was washboard and then at six months it balloons up, well, then, yeah. But, you know, usually in the first few months after a tummy tuck, it's not quite right and there's swellings and all sorts. So, you know, not that late. I mean, as I say, you can get them years later, although that would normally be a, a breast would be years later. I know they differ on patient BMI, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, all your complications are higher, really, a higher um, BMI cat. So, yeah, BMI is is a thing for everything, wound healing, DVTs, um, all sorts of, of problems, higher BMIs. I've had my US ultrasound and got a collection that's at least 11.8 by 8.4 by 3.2. I had a swishy belly early on, but that settled. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, a lot of this cat is real, i mean i think i think plastic surgeons maybe all surgeons trying to make things difficult by giving things words and loculation and you know quilting all that sort of stuff uh but basically it's just fluid in the space and it doesn't late early large small loculated web it doesn't matter what it's called does it you know you've got fluid there question it, is it annoying if it's not annoying if you put up with it wear your binder see how it goes should get better if it is annoying um you can put a needle in and drain it off. It's usually, you know, a doable thing in the clinic. It's not usually a big thing to to have it drained. Well, I don't know if you've had a problem, but usually it's a it's a clinic uh, pr- procedure that you put a needle in. It's a bit of a nuisance, and it can be hard sometimes if it's loculated, etc. But it's you know it's something that can often be be um dealt with in the clinic. And if you've had an ultrasound, sometimes i can do it at the little, at the ultrasound, but. Um, but, yeah, I hope you're having, not having too much problems with it, cat. But it can be a nuisance. That's why I use drains, cat, <laughs> because I don't like seromas. Very rarely get seromas um, because, I, because I do use drains. Although, you know, there is a downside with drains, as I said. Um, but, yeah. Um, right, what we've got here? We've got another big, long one. I had a cyst on my forehead just below my hairline. It has popped this week and a lot of fluid has come out out it, but I can feel the sac under the skin. I'm worried if it will get infected now as there's a hole in the outer layer. What should I do? Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about the hole in the outer layer and the hole in the skin. Most cysts, most sebaceous cysts have a connection with the outside world called a punctum anyway now you often can't see that punctum sometimes you can see that punctum but they often have a connection with the outside world anyway so the fact that it's pu- popped um and you've got a, a connection with the outside world won't well, worry really too much now if it's obviously a big wound then there is a risk of infection but um can we say it on your forehead yeah so the face has got a good blood supply so it's not as common to get infections on the face but i mean you could get an infection but the point is i wouldn't worry about it um i mean obviously keep the wound clean i don't know what sort of work you do but avoid sort of dusty dirty environments while you have got that sort of if there is no obvious opening but um the thing to do when it pops is just do nothing really um let it settle obviously if if they are uncomfortable and things that once it's popped they can be a bit more uncomfortable so it can be quite a good thing when it's popped um but um you know, I won't worry too much about infection. I'm not saying it won't get infected. Of course it could, but, you know, that, that there's not a lot you can do to prevent that. Um, so, and but you're actually right. There will still be a sack underneath the skin, and so that will need to be removed. Well, I say it will need to be removed. It might have popped, and you might have no problems with it, and that will be the end of it, in which case that's it but it might come back again. When a cyst pops, it can come back again because the cyst wall does remain. So, you know, don't be surprised if it comes back again. And if it comes back again, uh, then you might want to have it removed. But we really remove them once it's all settled and it's all quiet. And then we can remove the cyst wall. We can't really move, remove the cyst wall now that it's popped because it's like an empty bag and you can't really get a handle on where the cyst wall is. So you have to kind of wait for it to refill and the cyst to reconstitute itself. And then you can... Um, then you can remove it. But don't worry, is the bottom line. You know, it's popped. Don't worry, see what happens. I don't know whether I need a breast reduction or a breast lift. What would you be your advice? Well, this is an easy one. Uh, very simple. Uh, what size are you? Are you happy with that? Do you wanna be smaller? So a breast reduction and a breast lift are essentially the same operation. Um, the difference being that a breast reduction some tissue is removed. And so the, the, the size is reduced with a breast lift. It's only skin that's removed. So your cup size doesn't change. Uh, only, uh, this very small amount of volume is removed because it's just the skin. And then we just rearrange the tissue that you've got, the volume of breast that you've got. We you rearrange that higher on your breast to a better place and, um, and keep you about the same size. Uh, a, a reduction is a similar skin excision and tightening the skin and lifting the breast, but at the same time, some tissue is taken out, usually from the lower pole of the breast uh, and often laterally on the sides to make the breast smaller, uh, to make it less heavy, to make the cup size smaller if you want to be a smaller cup. So if you're happy with your cup size, it's a uh, lift. The only thing I would say that if you have got a big breast, if you've got a lot of breast tissue and you have a lift without having a reduction, the volume of the breast tissue will be acted on by gravity. So it could droop again. So you would get a longer lasting result with a reduction by taking some volume out of the breast. But obviously you'd have to be happy having a smaller breast. If You don't want a smaller breast, just have a lift. If you're not bothered, having a bit of a reduction at least take some volume out of the lower pole will give you a longer lasting result. But obviously you've got to have what you are uh, happy with in terms of the size. Um, So that's the question. If you're happy with the size, just have a lift. If you're not if you're not happy with the size, you want them smaller. Uh, have a reduction. What you got, Paula? I got a BL. BL is that breast lift? Okay, I'm going to go with breast lift. I got a BL two years ago, and he done the nipples too high and one slightly too right. Can this be corrected? And is it risky? Um, I'm not going to say that the worst thing you can do, Paula, is to put the nipples too high. But it's a pretty it's a pretty bad thing to do to put the nipples too high not a bad thing to do i mean it's a pretty bad thing to have done you know have done to you. It, it the symmetry of the breast looks wrong putting the nipples too low just makes them look a bit droopy putting them too high looks a bit odd particularly if they are peaking above your bra so that is a problem um it uh the one that's too right isn't isn't too bad the 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 first thing i would say paula is it's difficult moving nipples it's difficult moving nipples now um it's sort of, it's kind of easy moving nipples up, actually. You know, you can move them up. That's that's relatively easy. Um, moving them down, the problem with moving them down is that if you have to move the nipple down, then you would worry about leaving a scar where the nipple was. So moving them up doesn't matter because you leave a scar where the nipple was, which was lower than the nipple. So you don't mind having a scar below your nipple, but you don't really want to have a scar above your nipple. So that's the worry about moving them down if you leave the scar above above. Now, sometimes um, the fact of the matter is the breast can bottom out. I don't know if you've heard of that. So there's too much tissue below the nipple. So it's not actually the nipple's too high. It's that there's too much tissue below the nipple. So it can make the nipple look like it's too high. It looks like it's pointing up. And so that might be possible to actually shorten the distance from the nipple to your crease to sort of tighten that and bring it back up again. And that might be possible to make this geometry of your breast look better without actually lowering your nipple. So you don't actually, the nipple's actually not too high. It just looks too high. Um, I don't know if that's being made sense there, but um, but you know that's something you need examination really to just see where the nipple is. And if it is genuinely too high, then yes, it's, I wouldn't say it's risky, it's just difficult because you might have a scar where the nipple was. That's the problem. Um, the problem with having it too, moving it from the right, so moving it side to side, again, it can be done, um, there's a limit to how far you can move it. But also what you do when you move it side to side is you take um, a crescent of skin. So if it's too far to the right, to don't know which one it is. So let's just say your right nipple is too far to the right. So it's too far lateral, too far to the side. Then you take a crescent of sk- the skin medially and then you bring it across. But that runs the risk of making the nipple look elongated again, because you don't really want to leave a straight line scar where the nipple was. You're OK moving a straight line scar down, but you don't really want to have a straight line scar to the side or to the top. So you can get an elongated nipple when you move it laterally, move it from the side to side. So it's difficult. It's, rather than risky, I would say it's difficult. Um, it's not so much risky because you are probably not talking about moving it very far. It is risky moving nipples. You can alter the blood supply and the nerve supply and things. But I'm guessing we're talking centimetres here or fractions of centimetres. Um, so I'm guessing it's just trying to get the balance right, and often just if the balance is a little bit off, it doesn't look quite right. And having it too high is isn't, is is uh, is uh, not good, and it's a bit annoying when that happens because it doesn't the geometry of the breast doesn't look quite right. So it's difficult, is the answer, Paula. I haven't got any simple answers. Uh, the worry is leaving a scar where the nipple was, whether it be above or to the right of the nipple. Um, it's a tricky one, Paula. It's a tricky one breast lift yeah it was breath lift. i got that right then Chantal, what have you got for me how long after a tummy tuck would you recommend a tattoo i was botched abroad oh, god, i was botched abroad to have a massive front scar it's been close close for about three months yeah i would say three months sounds reasonable Chantal. um yeah i mean it depends on how the scar looks i mean if it looks red and active and it's still a bit uncomfortable and it's quite thick then maybe leave it but three months sounds very reasonable i would say three months is what i would have said and again it's different sometimes people have um really good scars at six weeks some people have really red active scars at six months so it's it depends on how it looks so if it's settling and if it's not too red and active then i would say um three months sounds reasonable to me but you have to check with your uh, tattoo person because a tattoo person might have a and and well, as I say, Chantelle, I always say on this stuff, check with your surgeon, really. But anyway, um, yeah. I had a 360 FDL. 360 FDL. 360 Fleur de Lis. So they went all the way around and Fleur de Lis. Okay. Wow. It's a big op, Chantelle. It's a big op. It um, It does. Thank you so much. I think it could have been too much tissue below. This info is valuable to me. To be honest with you, uh, Paula, <clears throat> if it is too much tissue below, then that's actually quite good because if you can just shorten that distance from the nipple to the inframammary fold and, sh- and shorten that that uh, vertical s- scar, then you can actually keep the nipple where it is and it doesn't look doesn't look so high anymore. So that would be that would be a a, a, a a good thing to do um the worry is it stretches again and stuff like that but you know at least it's better than trying to actually physically move the nipple itself um kind of you to say that paula Chantal this thank you it's white but red on the outside yeah white's good yeah three might be all right it was a massive open move for four months it took eight months to close the lumps have gone now they want me to go back to reoperate i said no i own a tattoo studio just not oh, just i was gonna say ask the tattoo person i said um i said no i own a tattoo studio just not sure on scars 360 is all the way round and straight down five kilograms skin removed yeah yeah I, I just i mean i wouldn't do a 360 fleur de lis. i would do a fleur de lis or a 360 so you've had a 360 and fleur de lis, but you know um who knows? So there's other, lots of ways to do things, but uh, that's a nightmare. It can be, yeah, big big op though. Three hundred and sixty is a big op, Chantelle, and a three hundred and sixty Fleur de lis. I mean, that's just going to have a high risk of, of having problems. Um, yeah, if the, don't don't worry about the scars, Chantelle. If you're um, if they're feeling okay, they're not too uncomfortable. Colors faded. I would th- I would say you'd be okay at three months. I mean. It's ideal if it's all white. Uh, The red on the outside may be a bit, I don't know, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Look at this. This is um, inter-Facebook support. Chantel, hope you're okay now and all is healed and you are strong mentally. I know, takes you back stuff. This stuff mentally does wound for four months when you're having a big op like that, which is going to be a life changer and all that. That's quite a difficult one to deal with, I'm sure. So I'm sorry you've gone through that, Chantelle. But uh, hopefully you'll get yourself a nice tattoo to to uh, to cover it up. Um, Do we offer local anaesthetic for a mini tummy tuck and breast augmentation? Um, I mean, I I mean, my answer to that is probably no. I wouldn't do it. Can it be done? I don't know probably probably can be done yeah in fact yeah i'm sure no i don't know i wouldn't do it i mean i the places i work can do local and ga and so i would say for a, for a mini semi-token kind of breast augmentation two areas it's gonna be quite a lot of anesthetic i would go with a general unless there was some very good specific reason you didn't want a general um i just think it'd be perhaps easier, maybe safer to do a general now. Um, but I don't do a lot under local insulation. so some people do lows under local insulation and would probably say, yes, a walk in the park, do that before breakfast. So it might be fine, but I'm saying that's on the upper end for me. Um, just because it's sort of two areas, quite a long anesthetic, I think it's quite a lot to have under local anesthetic. Um, so when you say local anesthetic, you mean local insulation. You wouldn't have under pure local anesthetic, it'd be a local insulation. And I'd say that's quite a lot to have under local insulation in my hands. Um, and I would be inclined to go and recommend that you have a, a general for that. Whether it could be done, probably the answer is yes, it probably could be done. Um, mini tummy tuck and breast augmentation. Um, Chantelle, thank you. Much better, lovely back at work. Just need a tattoo node to hide it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, can we remove blue pigment moles? Yes, we can. So blue pigment moulds, also known as blue nevi, nevi just being a fancy word for mould, is basically just a mould, or at least the pigment cells are quite deep in the in the skin. Um, but, yeah, it's still, they're just quite deep in the dermis, but you, you can remove them. You remove the whole thickness of the skin when you remove a mould. So uh, absolutely the answer is yes, because when you remove a mould, you cut out the full thickness of the skin. So, uh, yeah, blue, blue pigment mole or blue nevus, absolutely fine to to remove. No problem with that. Uh, the cyclosporate that's a bit of the hard bit. You have to be positive to remind of the post-op bits. A few weeks on the hardest, absolutely. Um, absolutely. That's why I always say to people, like, sometimes you get people who are, like, going through a divorce or or moving house or having some major life event, and they're saying, this is my time now. I'm going to have my tummy tuck or whatever. I'm going to have my um, surgery. I always say, look, I wouldn't have it at that time because it doesn't always go right and you can get problems now in the future in a year's time you'll probably look back and think oh it's great i've you know i'm very happy with everything but in the first few months you can get issues aromas, wound breakdowns goodness knows what and so if you're going through a psychologically difficult time already you're gonna think oh my god everything's going wrong i'm having a divorce and now my tummy's not right and my breasts aren't right or whatever so it is a psychologically as well as physically demanding thing to, to do to yourself so you have to be like stable basically before you have it because it uh, can be difficult the post-op period can be difficult there is often stuff that doesn't look like you want it to look like and it usually will look fine at six or twelve months but you have to get through that first three six eight months um which is difficult and which is why you need to stick with your surgeon get reassurance get you know get things treated and stuff like that um but yeah Chantel, our scars are hard to deal with as we all heal very differently. We know it's a trade-off and can't be avoided accepting them. Yeah, and everyone's different. Everyone's different in how they well they scar as well. Some people scar really well. Some people scar a bit more obviously. But usually you know, have to give it a good year or so for it to properly settle. So I'm sure things will improve even more over time, Chantel. I'm sure of that. <clears throat> Right, nice bit of interaction, Chantel Cat there. Well done, you two. And uh gotta be honest, Instagram's been a bit quiet. Sometimes Instagram kicks off, sometimes Facebook. Who knows what's gonna happen anyway? I'll take it where I can get it, to be honest with you. Um but um thanks for um being here. I am now gonna go and sort things out because I haven't sorted anything out to be honest. I think I was supposed to do dinner and I haven't done it, and my wife's just got home and I'm probably going to be in trouble, but um, you know, I've been doing the trains, so you know, what can you say? Uh, Anyway, I will be back next week. Will I? Is next week normal? Yes, it is, isn't it? We Monday, we've got your bank holiday then. Oh, actually, next week, I in oh, I don't know if I'll be doing it next week because I'm in Liverpool. I don't know. got a big op next week. May or may not be here next week. Uh, Definitely the week after. I'll have to see how next week goes. Next week is all lots going on next week oh god anyway um but anyway i'll see you soon next week or the week after and uh have a lovely evening and thanks for joining and thanks for participating and viewing uh i will catch up with you 7 p.m tuesday night or the next one or the week after a question not covered in today's show, then send it over to info at using the hashtag #AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.